Welcome one, welcome all to ESPN Esports. Third time's a charm, folks. Thank you so much for sticking around. Uh, we had a couple of issues. It's all good. We are here now. Cole, Stumpy, and Daz are here to break down all of the happenings that happened this past weekend. We got regional champions crowned. We're going to talk about it in South America, in Europe, and in North America. We're going to give some rankings as well in Europe and NA, our top fives, to close out the fall split. And we do have some changes coming in the format of the winter split. But the first thing that I would like to address, this literally dropped moments ago go on Twitter. Breaking. Barcelona, breaking news, breaking news. Barcelona has cleaned house. Their roster is mm. no more. And we know, Cole, that they have had a rocky split. They have not performed up to expectations. They definitely sh could not have been happy with their results over the fall split. And so now they said, you know what? We have to start completely fresh and everyone's gone. Your reaction? Well, I'm shocked really i don't think this is a performance decision i think it's a getting out of rocket league decision because actually their performances on the pitch have been getting better and better barca have started slowly and traditionally they've been a very inconsistent team but in the past i'd say month their consistency is finally starting to emerge in Atachi in particular they found a talismanic main player ronicky striking well the team dynamics of devo at the back are pretty consistent i mean sure they're not going to break through into the top two but I was impressed with this Barca squad. They survived in the grid as well. So I am I am shook mm. That's weird. It's a very weird decision to me because yeah. FC Barcelona have done well. They finished in seventh place in the rankings overall. Right. They're literally 20 points off fifth place. Like it's not like they're way down. They're sitting down in sort of like 12th, 13th or something when you expect them to be getting that sort of top six finish. They must have decided this before the major really kicked off. Maybe somewhere mm. in regional three, they would have thought of this. Maybe the funds on there, whatever it is, genuinely have no idea. It seems like a very weird decision to me, but I presume, as ever, there is a business decision behind it. They were getting better as well, because if you just use BDS as a barometer, they finally got their game against BDS mm. in the quarterfinals, which obviously you can't base whether you keep a roster based on one game within a best of five. My point Come is on, that it's my, my point is that they weren't dropping down. You know, they were gradually showing baby steps of improvement from already a pretty high position of ability. So I'm completely flummoxed here. I wish so, them well as well. I didn't deserve that. The players. Mm. Daz, let's look at this from both angles. So from the Barcelona angle, when this happens, do you think this is a we are getting out of Rocket League, we're done with this investment? Or do you think that they're just like, you know what, we didn't have the split we wanted and we just wanted to clean house and start from scratch? What is your gut telling you? Well, I'm reading the, the post, right? And I'm, I'm trying to figure out like if there's something in the wording, right? It says, our Rocket League team is taking its own road and no longer will be part of our club. But then at the end, it says info coming soon. So they have some mm. more information here. Uh, I, I what could that be, more, Daz? Did they you know, like, up another okay, like if, smaller if, team? Like I how PK like, did? Wanna, like, maybe, maybe. But if you want to open the spectrum a little bit more, right? Like as FC Barcelona as an organization, right? They have, I mean, that's a high, a well-known, highly regarded organization, yeah. right? So they could want a top team, to so to speak. Now, if we're talking about orgs here, there could be a conversation. Maybe, like, let's say if I'm just, like, throwing, spit, completely spitballing and throwing something out there, maybe <clears throat> FC Barcelona tries to buy out BDS from, from the team. Like, that could be, totally be a possibility. Like, they that have would be big. Well. You know what I mean? That uh, would be juicy. Or, I love that. Or they move on to another team, like Top Blokes, for example. Mm -hmm. Like uh, there, there is some opportunities for the org that maybe they're just unhappy with the players, and maybe they want a better mm. team. Like they, you have to keep those options open. They're not necessarily saying they're exiting Rocket League. They're just saying mm -hmm. that this Rocket League team sure, is not yeah. going to be, represent them anymore. That that wording at the first sentence, though, mm. uh, our Rocket League team is taking its own road, and no <laughs> longer will be part of our club. It so, sounds like the team almost have said, look, we, we aren't happy with FC Barcelona here. Like, we want to explore other options. Maybe all three of them, maybe they've been bought out. Maybe it's not that FC Barcelona are dropping them to buy another team. Maybe it's the fact that the three players have been bought and released from their contracts from Barca by being bought out by another bigger esports organization. Before we play the game of looking too much into the wording, though, I would remind people that... Spanish, English may they? not be exactly so actually if you're looking too deeply into it 
it could just be this a could have been translated barrier. from from spanish or something to Precisely. that effect Un that's yeah. completely understood okay oh, so we don't second. know entirely if this means that barcelona is leaving rocket league altogether or if they're going to sign other players and continue on like daz was surmising what about the players so the Barcelona now former Barcelona players, Ronaki, Devo, Itachi, and the and the substitutes as well. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the future for them? How likely is it that they will find homes elsewhere? Very yeah. probably. Like I mean, I can't imagine they're going to be hanging around for too long. I don't imagine they're going to stay as a three though. Like I no? think if you if, well if you finish, what is it? They finished seventh in the end. It's a decent position. I don't think that's a position that they are going to be happy with as players. Devo as former world champ and has kind of gone down and worked his way back up again. Ronicky as one of the best strikers in the world. Seventh place is not a position where you'd expect to have him land in the end. Itachi, probably quite happy with that. I think he was a little bit of a, not a panic pickup because it has worked well, but it was definitely a short notice thing that he was added to that roster after a couple of tryouts and sort of forced through, I think, Spring Series was the first competition they had with him. And it went pretty well. But yeah, I think this might be a chance for two out of three of them to go separate ways. I'm only saying two out of three because we have also got the roster lock situation, or sorry, the roster change situation with the major and the points and whatever it ends up being. Yeah, if... If any of the, well, I'm thinking if any of the players are going to leave, the most likely one to be separated of the other two would be Devo, right? Because Ronaki and Atachi, they've made an amazing duo over the course of this season. And from what I can see, at least, they're only getting better both as individuals and together as well. I'd say that of the three of them, the odd man out is probably Devo. But even then, like, I, unless we can take their wording literally, and they have made this decision, and Barca have said, no, please stay, and the player's like, no, this has to be done. Well, I can see have. these three staying together. But are you basing that off just the wording, though? No, I'm basing that off what Daz has just posted in the uh, general. Yeah, Ooh, what have I missed? Uh, yeah, the general posted a tweet longer. And, ah, uh, sorry. And that was, one of the quotes was like, many people will be asking why this was a club decision at Barca Esports. I want to reassure everyone that the Esports section did everything they could to keep the team in the organization. So, wow. Yeah, it looks like they Dude, just the three of them left I take it back then. Goodness me, that's completely surprised me. Where is the sorry? I'm trying to find this twit longer. It's in the uh, general here. Yeah, in general. Yeah. Chat in club decision, yeah. not Barca esports. I'm sure everyone that the esports section did not everything they could to keep the team in the organization. As for the future, the boys will decide what to do between them. I had to Latin America get my hands back in Rocket League and TOing. So does this mean that Barcelona is? exiting rocket league altogether is that what no, we're to, to this understand is, here? This, is, this post this tweet longer is from the coach of the team the coach of the team is saying that the org barca wanted to keep the team but okay. the players wanted to walk away okay understood so they're going to continue on then because this does i mean uh, wording mm. aside i mean it, mm. it's it's fair to when you see something like this, it is fair to hypothesize based on Barcelona's foothold in esports as a whole because they only have one other player uh, competing in esports, right? Like other than Rocket League, I think they have a a, a PES player, and, and that that might be it, a PES player, right? So you it, that it is fair to hypothesize that this might mean that Barcelona no longer has an interest in esports as an entire organization. Not mm. to say that's what it is. But it is fair to hypothesize. I think so a lot of the time, it sounds like that's not the case. Then budget seems to be a main thing where like players. Yeah, are we're in a pandemic, right? Like this is this is yeah, tough times. Purse strings are getting tight for many esports organizations. We're seeing this across the board. So and esports does not make money. <laughs> like it just it basically doesn't across the board. Like even especially at the top level, you you will not be making money in esports. Maybe it's starting to turn the corner now, but. It's definitely one of those situations where maybe the players were asking for some things that the club just couldn't justify supplying um, or the other way around and the club wanted to make cuts, whatever it ends up being, and they just haven't seen eye to eye. It does seem very amicable, though, which I always really like. Right. These are, it's a very professional statement, very good statement as well from El General, their coach. Uh, Ronicky was saying he's loved the time on that team. So all around, regardless of what happened behind the scenes, professionalism has been the main focus and i always love that when that happens and in that regard as well the fact that this came out of nowhere i mean there are many rumors and yeah. leaks going around the place at the moment the fact that barca one of the top orgs um in rocket league both for their positioning and also the size of not necessarily barca esports but barcelona football club as an entity have managed to keep this thing <clears throat> secret until they've revealed it 
shows huge amounts of professionalism from all those players as well to have not leaked it to their mates who then leaked it to other people and suddenly it's public knowledge. So yeah, lots of praise does have to be handed out for how this has been uh, handled from top to bottom. So this is a topic that we will no doubt as we get into roster mania at length on other programs, uh, future episodes of Behind the Wheel. But we have a lot to talk about mm -hmm. on this program. In particular, the majors that concluded this past weekend. And that brings with it a brand new format that we are going to experience for Winter Split. So we knew that this was coming. We knew that the, um, the amount of teams would change as well from fall to winter. 24 teams now. Mm-hmm. And also the format changes from a Swiss bracket to double elimination. So let's just get some overall thoughts on what winter split split will look like and feel like for these players and for the viewers, as opposed to fall split, because fall definitely was a lot and some people enjoyed it. Other people had concerns about player burnout and what this might do for the scene as a whole. Daz, let's start with you on this one. What do you make of these changes now that they've been announced and how do you receive them? Well, I think uh, one of the things that's going to be really interesting, right, is uh, the fact that the Winter Regionals will now be like a double elimination format. I think that with all of uh, the craziness that is that was the Swiss system for the fall split, it came with a lot of confusion for a lot of people. We had a graphic that we thought was really pretty. But at the same time, if you're just now tuning in, like tuning into the to Rocket League stream and you see it, you're like, uh, I have no idea what's going on. Even though like it was pretty easy to explain, it was just like some people probably just got, you know, really uh, turned off by the fact that there was just a lot to take in. So I think, you know, double elimination is simple. Having a lot less teams is also a different change, too, because now you have like, OK, uh, was it 24 teams? 24, playing? yeah, eight less very, teams. Very, very tight. It, it does make mm. the matches a lot more sway, too, because you only get two chances versus having the three uh, guaranteed matches played. Uh, so. You know, it it, it kind of like gets you like locked into your favorite team on a run. It's easier to follow. It's not too complicated. And uh, I think that's going to be pretty big in terms of uh, how the future looks, at least in the winter split, much more easier format on the viewers. Well, I mean, we'll see, though. We'll see. So if you're just joining us, thank you for doing so. We talked about Barcelona's big announcement. They cut their roster entirely. Uh, mm. That can be found eventually in our archives. Uh, YouTube slash ESPN Esports. Now we're talking about the winter split mm. format and what it will change. Also, the grid has changed, Cole. Uh, mm -hmm. That will change as well. We're going to a single elimination format. A little bit of a change from fall. Do you, are you in? Are, are are you in favor of the uh, grid changes? Um, I think the beauty of RLCS X is that it always exists in transition. It can evolve and it can change and it can adjust. I loved the grid um, in the full split. I was fanboying all over it, the fact <laughs> that each um, org was able to put on its own show. Mm. I loved it. Um, I have to see how this second season of the grid pans out. I'm excited for the changes, basically for anybody that doesn't know. Instead of there being a weekly grid for EU and a weekly, sorry, a weekly grid for EU and NA, each week so on thursday there's eu on friday there's na or vice versa this time there's basically two days for na in the first week uh well they'll do say thursday and friday i'm not sure of the exact days and then two days of eu for the next week and it keeps interchanging and you mentioned um player burnout at the top of all of this Arda, and i think that will be huge for that as well thanks to this new format players are actually going to have something approaching a little bit of a break at times which should hopefully help to keep the overall standards higher um other than that, I'm just intrigued. It's a brand new way of doing things for the grid. The fact that we start off with a 16-team round robin for seeding and then go into that single elimination bracket, it's going to be punchier, it's going to be quicker, and hopefully just as exciting as the full splits uh, season of the grid was. Yeah. You guys heard, had you guys heard anything from players or coaching staff about burnout this split? I, I had spoken with some coaches where they didn't necessarily come out and say, oh, my players are exhausted mm. and, you know, they're not playing at their full capacity. Had you guys heard anything to that effect? There were some people on Twitter that I think were kind of saying, okay, I'm happy that we went 3-0 and today, saying the Swiss. I'm happy we went 3-0 and because it means that I can go to bed early instead of then having to wrestle through and do the full best of fives. Now, the longest mm. week that could be had was a week that was had by Endpoint where they had, and one of the Swiss where they had all five games played in every single one of their best of fives and they had five series. 25 matches in a row is ridiculous. But Dad, sorry, you were going to say something. 
Oh, um, I was going to say kind of like to the the contrary. Um, I've definitely heard from players themselves that some of them who like grind the game a lot like to be able to play back to back opposed to just playing once a week and then they don't get to have any more mm. like competition for like the rest of the week. They like the they like that they can still stay warm and um, also still, you know, compete at the top level, whether it's like in the grid or in the regionals. So there is that, too. But there definitely has been like some kind of science for fatigue. I remember in the NA major turbo, it was uh, talking about how he like had the first semis and he got to like take a nap. Yeah, and then then he said that he woke up from his nap. He's like, it wasn't worth it. I wish I wish we won. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the thing is with the burnout is that I know that I think me and Colin got very very similar opinion on this. Where it unless it goes too far and the players are literally playing for ten hours straight, that's far too much because you then just do just get worse gameplay and there's no real point if you could split it over two days. If it's five series in a row, then and then a team that has better stamina wins out, even though they're worse on paper, then I think that's completely okay. Ultimately, it's down to the teams to get better with their stamina, to be able to compete at the top level and to continue being the best team that they are for a longer period of time. We have just unfortunately gone from, as Daz said, literally one game a week or one Mm. series a week, and then you don't play again for another week into all right this week you're doing maximum five series and actually it could be all smushed into one and so you're doing stage one stage two and the playoffs good luck have at it so i think there is going to be a transition period winter will go some way to alleviating that but Mm. i think it's much better and if players get burnt out they're gonna need to learn to not get burnt out because that's also part of their job. <laughs> that's no, I, their I, job, okay, people. It is their job. It is their job. It genuinely right? is. And the, the players that are sort of taking things like eating as well as they can seriously are going to be better. There is, of yeah, course, the so, side as they deserve to. <laughs> as you mentioned, Stumpy, you know, you can go too far. And for example, Violent Panda had tendonitis in his mm. hand, whether that's yeah. due to the format, whether that's just due because it was a ticking time bomb that was going to happen anyway. Who knows? Um, but I just want to say as well that as well as burnout, another way this is affected is, uh, so Stumpy and I, we've been casting the endpoint grid screen, uh, grid streams for season one, or the mm-hmm. um, full split, should I say. And uh, I think two I think two of those, Relating Wave and Virtuoso, have school. And they were either yeah. taking days off from school or rushing home from school, and it was affecting how they were playing, because every Thursday or Friday, they'd be in this mad rush. Whereas now, with full weeks off, they'll at least be able to say this is the Rocket League week. This is Mm -hmm. the non-Rocket League week. And if grid broadcasts are by design faster, you know, we mentioned the fact that they should be condensed into sort of not a seven-hour broadcast this time. It should help with that too. So we have to factor in the fact that these players have lives just like all of us do outside of Rocket League. My takeaway from that is that as long as I eat grilled chicken salads, I can win a major. (laughs) More salads. But I mean, the thing is, like, there are so many players. move on. And yeah, esports does have a very... It can have that reputation of players in a team house or wherever they are at home, and this, or if they live on their own, okay, they eat rubbish. Like they don't mm. eat well. They're eating fast food because, okay, I'm in between matches. I'll just order a KFC, whatever it is. Other fast food chains are available. But I think it will end up rewarding those players who are who do have that focus on their outside of game living if they are getting proper sleep the amount of people that we've asked let's say come on our podcast for example and they say oh i don't wake up until 4 p.m it's like why lol why don't you wake up until four you're you're you've got a job you need to do your job and it's very frustrating those gamer hours and it's one thing that i've absolutely loved liquid for for example i appreciate i've got a lot of money as an org but they have got such a huge focus on the lives of their players outside of the game they've got Mm chefs in their facility who are making sure their players are eating well they've got proper sleep regimes they've got a gym there they're doing everything they can to get their players in the best physical shape so then they can perform well in game and i think it's so to be important. fair though i think people might hear that and say well then what happened this split with team liquid <laughs> i right? mean very fair as well <laughs> anyhow as we get into the results you'll notice team liquid noticeably absent from the european major <laughs> results but let's get into them right now actually the south american major true neutral a team that was was very dominant in South America throughout the entire split defeat 11's esports uh, and they never really looked in jeopardy especially throughout the playoffs as we take a look at the bracket here Cole uh, let's mm. talk about true neutrals dominance and how they were able to wrap it up in the major yeah so I don't think it's sort of 
revealing too much to say that South America as a region was new to so many of us. The time frames are off, the time zones are off, so we haven't been able to follow it in the same way. But we've done our research. And throughout that time, one team kept coming up as the best team in South America, and that is Eleven's Esports, the team that everybody was expecting to win the entire thing. Kayo, uh, Card, and Tanda were the three players that people were looking to. But on that major, True Neutral absolutely deserved their victory. They were stunning. They were scoring so many great goals. Their mechanics were so clean. And their <clears> rotations <throat> were better than anybody that I'd seen in South America other than them. They just took it to um, 11s, and they were, the, they were the deserved winners. Let's talk MVPs, and, and feel free to continue the conversation, but mm -hmm. I'll go around and ask everybody who their MVP is. Stumpy, let's start with you, and if you'd like to add anything as well uh, to, the, uh, to the major and some of your thoughts. So my MVP is somebody that, as far as I know, didn't actually make it particularly far. <laughs> it's a player on Noble <laughs> Esports. They actually they ended up getting fourth um, in that Swiss bracket, and they got um, knocked out by uh, PDHM in the quarters. My MVP is Firefox, or Firefox D, whatever it is. Firefox, he seemed to be one of the only players in South America that realized that everybody else in the region whiffs almost every hit. <laughs> and he just figured out the fact, oh, I can just wait, and then the ball will fall to me, and then I can get a dribble. Oh, he's going to be too quick. He's in a bad position. He genuinely seemed to have a much better reading of the game than a lot of players that I ended up seeing even go further on in the bracket. And I think he had a much smarter way of playing. He messed up a lot himself, don't get me wrong, but he got himself into better positions and realized the opponents he was up against. He's not up against, say, a Space Station Gaming, who will be getting every single hit that they go for. He's up against teams that will miss, they will whiff, and he can take full advantage of that. And I really respected that. That's a very gutsy move, by the way, picking a, team, a player from a team that made the semifinals and didn't actually make it to the finals. As oh, no, 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 no. They, they made the quarters, mate. They didn't <laughs> make the quarterfinals. Oh, yeah, that's Lord. even better. That's even oh, better. Yeah. Well done. Well done. That is gutsy. That might be the first time in history across any competition. <laughs> My MVP of the entire tournament didn't even make it to the final four, but that's how good they were. My MVP of EU was speed and cooks it. Honestly, <laughs> it didn't make it to the playoffs. <laughs> Daz, who do you have? Uh, for me, I have a player that did make it to the finals. Um, Boo. <laughs> Boo you. Okay. How could you? That's Boo a cop-out. Easy uh -huh. route. Oh, um, AJG off true neutral. I think like if you look at AJG on the stat lines, I mean, he was very big in terms of like facilitating a lot of true neutrals victories. Definitely had a good field presence. And I think other than Ray's bull, he had most of the goal participation there for true neutral. I mean, it was definitely a tough series against 11s, but I think the fact that like AJG was able to step up for that squad kind of had a big impact on playing against 11s. And I believe that you have the same answer, Cole. Yes, uh, unfortunately, I've not been anywhere near as unique uh. as Stumpy, so I have also gone with AJG. I just think that he was the player that looked the most positive um, for True Neutral in that Grand Finals up against 11s. When you really want someone to stake a claim, say, look, we can beat these guys. He was always playing in front of the bull, so he was looking to get redirects, to get bumps and demos that broke them up. And then also his uh, game five, I believe it was, where he scored a wonder goal double tap of about five seconds left that put True Neutral 3-2 up. I think that was the moment where they really started to believe, hey, we can actually take this thing. So he was their leader and their talisman on the field, and it was a wonderful, wonderful performance. So congratulations to True Neutral, your SAM major champions. Now let's focus our attention to Europe and boy, oh boy, did we have some excitement in the major in Europe, a seven-game semifinal that went to the wire in overtime between BDS and Galaxy Racer, and BDS oh. were able to hold on, and they defeat Renault Vitality in the finals to complete an incredible split for BDS. And I got to tell you... Um, this is very impressive how they were able to pull this off and how they were able to keep that momentum going through. Uh, Cole, let's start with mm. you here. Just the incredible run that BDS has been on, culminating in a major championship. Uh, yeah, so my MVP, though, for EU was actually Fruity for Team Liquid. 
my kid. Very <laughs> good. Very brave. Wow, wow. I hear that he's got a very good Whoa. read of the game. This is he's really tall and he'll beat me up if I don't say him. Um, no, my MVP was, of course, one of the BDS players, and it was extra for me. So uh, Monkey Moon and Mark by Eight, they, they're more flary. They were more likely to score wonder goals, not to say that extra couldn't. But when I think of extra, I think of control. And in that final incredible series against Rana Vitality, there was a period, believe it or not, you may not remember, where Vitality was storming back. BDS got the first two games, Vitality got the next two, and BDS just needed to slow things down, wrestle back some momentum, and Extra was absolutely paramount in doing that. He was the one who had the intelligence just to step back, sit a little bit deeper to try and suppress the Vitality momentum. And then when BDS did get it back, he pushed forward so aggressively at the right time. And it was just the control that BDS had all came through the Frenchman, in my opinion. That semi-finals, though, that BDS had versus Galaxy Racer so good. is one of the best series I have ever watched. It was incredible. Galaxy Racer, nobody... I mean, the fact they had trouble, trouble to go up against, like in the quarters, they had an easy run of it, essentially. They let them score one goal, got through to the semis, and pretty much everybody very rightly thought, okay, BDS, then they make it through. Okay, who's going to be? Who's gonna make it there out of Endpoint and Vitality? Mm-hmm. And the fact it went to Game 7... Galaxy Racer were on series point for three matches in a row. And then it was that final overtime that lasted nearly five minutes that BDS ended up scoring in. If anybody hasn't watched that series, go back and watch it. The casting was incredible. Both of them are very (laughs) handsome. The storyline was actually. So actually, I want to kind of harp on that, to be honest. I think Galaxy Racer should have won that series. I, I genuinely think Galaxy Racer should have won because remember in the overtime it was a go- it was a shot from Matane I believe mm. it was yeah. and it was white it was like in the net it was in the net it was much. I think about four fifths over the net yeah, yeah most of yeah. it was like over the net like they should have scored I just I just yeah. think they should have scored but, it's uh, nobody was there's no VAR in hit. Rocket League uh, uh, honestly nobody was following up <laughs> from that hit Daz and that's what really annoyed me because looking at it it was an amazing shot crossbar down bounced like twice as well on the line and just nobody was close enough to just move it even Matane didn't follow up and mm. oh, it was just scooped away and th- the fact that that goal we don't know how it would have changed the game but that goal would have won it for them if it continued into the nil-nil that it ended up sort of transpiring but... to be in regulation Frustrating thing is as well that earlier on in that series, before Galaxy Racer got, um, you use the phrase a lot, Sumpy, and I love it, winner's tilt. It's something that we've been championing for a long <laughs> yeah. time. The fact that when the underdog starts winning, suddenly they change their play style. <laughs> yeah. and they think, oh my goodness, we might actually do this. Quick, defend, defend. And it just changed. <laughs> it was Eekso was the worst one for that as well. Was Ixo he really? just changed so much. He was being so nippy and quick and weird with how he was mm. playing. And BDS are used to a much more... A relatively standard game. There's not too much that sort of separates teams at the top level at this point. But Galaxy Racer were playing very differently. And Matein was off his rocker with some of the shots he was going for. And Ixo started that way and then panicked and then whiffed and sort of had the Metzenora style of, I can't just hit this. I need to get the perfect touch. And that's what started yeah. to let him down. I, I, Daz, I want to go back to your point about BDS. I wonder if they remain BDS before the winter split. That's a really good point. They had an amazing yeah. split, right? They had a fantastic, they had one of those showcase. We're in a, not that they're in a contract year, but like that's how any athlete in a contract year would want to go mm-hmm. out in that year and mm-hmm. sort of showcase themselves, right? Like, I wonder if BDS just gets picked up by a Barca or a, or even a Team Liquid or something, you know, like some team that's a major org that or even one that's looking to invest and say, you know what, come with us, come with us. We'll give you some comfort. You continue this domination. We buy our way to the top of Rocket League in Europe. I, I, I like that a lot, Daz. I, I like that thought a lot. You know, I think that if I could predict the future, <laughs> I would say Cloud9 would come back into Rocket League by picking up BDS. Oh, don't do this to me, Daz. Stop I think, it. I think that's what they do. I think that's I, what they do. You're going to break my heart when it doesn't happen. It, it might not happen. But, but like, Cloud9 crossed... I guess recently they have crossed the pond in CSGO. They're, no, they're I want to be clear. I'm not throwing any shade to BDS as an organization. I'm just saying, like, cloud, like you said, Cloud9 levels. Right. right? Like, established giant esports organizations yeah like it's it's gotta so the question is obviously the loyalty of the players to the org how much do they like bds how much do they uh, what's that relationship like uh obviously you know like 
BDS is a top team, but they're definitely, I probably, yeah, I probably be very confident in saying they're not making the level of uh, money that a, a team like Vitality is making in terms of a player salary. Now, the question is, do they want that more? Like, you know, what's, what's more important to them? And if the answer is yes, then BDS can't provide that. But an other org is willing to buy them out and pay that salary. Then that's what that's where that change and that's where those talks come in and it's 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 just as simple as that. I'm just saying with the with the split that they had, there's got to be at least one org out there that's everyone saying that's worth it. You know, yeah. I mean with BDS they have, they've picked up that team at an incredible moment. Like they came yeah. in like after season they were the um, RLRS team that came up like. And the fact that they have just absolutely nailed this and they are now in the points, 400 points clear. I don't know if the um, money is updated on their page, but I remember seeing a graphic before showing how much money they had made. On their Wikipedia, it says they made 150 grand already. And I, I think it might be more than that. because I don't know if that's been updated, but oh, yeah. even if not, the fact that they're already at 150 grand, like when Insane. they were picked up. Insane. Towards the start of this year, I think it was yeah in before uh, we don't, don't forget the nine hundred and twenty-one dollars also. By the way, very true, yeah. very important. They were picked up in I don't know which way around the dates are on Wikipedia. I always forget. It's either in it's it. either in March or February they were picked up, and it's like eight yeah. months later they've earned one hundred and fifty grand. That's look unreal. at those results. Major championship. They won two of the three regionals. They've won a handful of grids. I mean, come on, you can't get any more. I mean, other than winning every single event, that's a mm -hmm. extremely dominant performance for a split. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Last thing on Europe, uh, Stumpy and Daz, you guys have the same uh, MVP mm -hmm. as well. Uh, Stumpy, I'll throw to you first on this one. Uh, yeah, me, I, we picked Monkey Moon. Monkey Moon is a player that Johnny Boy personally identified to me as somebody who he considers to be one of the best players in the world. And I admit I hadn't looked at him in that light before, but seeing him through that lens in those finals, it was very eye-opening just how much he does end up doing for that team. He is aggressive. Sorry, he is so impressively aggressive in pretty much every single position he puts himself into. And he is a player that I think just smothers any amount of flame the other team is starting to bring up. He is incredibly impressive. Yeah, uh, just to kind of like backpedal on that, like even Extra, who again is Cole's MVP, mm -hmm. when they, uh, they had that like interview segment on for him, he was He's talking so about fun. his team. He is. I love Extra. Uh, he was talking about his team and he was uh, explaining his role on the team as kind of like that controller like Cole described. But he also talked about Monkey Moon. They kind of let Monkey Moon go loose mm. because Monkey mm. Moon is definitely like a really solid playmaker. When he has that freedom to be himself, then he can create some really solid opportunities. And you see that in that level of play. Like Cole hates it for being flashy, but like it's the ability to be flashy at the top level that is very impressive to me. And that's why I, that's why I have to put Monkey Moon in there. Yeah, I, I said extra sort of with one eye towards the fact that Monkey Moon was definitely going to get a mention. I think that for me, saying extra was sort of like a, a wink towards a player that deserves some respect from the performance. But Monkey Moon was, mechanically speaking, at least the top performer. I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, in all fairness, you could pick anybody from BDS. And I, yes! I, 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 yeah, I, I think you'd say, struggle right? to disagree. Like, yes. <laughs> they were all out of their minds throughout Wonderful. the entire... Just throughout, literally throughout the entire season. They lost... What was it? Did it end up being three series or two series just ever? Like uh, in the article. One to my talent. We didn't put any requirements yeah. on this either. We let you define your own criteria mm. for picking your MVPs. And that's mm. exactly what you did, which is great, yeah. which is what we do with our top fives, which we'll get to in a second. But before we get there, we got to talk NA. Oh, what an incredible. Uh, uh, scene that we had in North America as Space Station Gaming, a team that has been dominant, then regressed a little bit, and then found their footing at the exact right time to win the fall major. Some would say it's appropriate, in a way, if you were looking at the season as a whole, but mm -hmm. boy, did they have some great competition along the way. And we got an appropriate semifinal, didn't we? With NRG taking on NVG2, taking on Space Station. We got some valiant efforts from Alpine Esports and the Peeps and Kansas City Pioneers. So we had some great action along the way. <laughs> but NRG not Rogue. Yeah. 6-1 is lingering in my head, though. It's kind of like, ah, the overtime, but then 6-1. It's almost like they just kind of gave up. Uh, in game three or just got outclassed completely. So with apologies to Rogue, I love you as an orc. However, 
Uh, okay, let's go through MVPs. Uh, Daz, let's start with you. Uh, so my MVP for NA, I put in Rettles from, from SSG. And this one was a tough one. It was honestly between, well, ironically, I guess it was between Rettles and Arsenal, even though Sipical is on that team. Uh, mm. So like another case of BDS where you could give like every person an MVP. <clears throat> but I think in terms of stat-wise, consistency, uh, Rettles has just been a player that is not, again, he, he is not as flashy, but the things that he does, he does well. Shot placements are always on point. He is able to like outperform a lot of players positional-wise. And when you get him on the solo, it is actually really impressed to watch because he used to play a lot of ones, too. And you can see that, too, in his mm -hmm. gameplay. I think the Rettles is probably the – I think, honestly, he's probably the, the underrated – Actually, no, I think Arsenal's the most underrated player because he's definitely a lot better than people give him credit for. But I think Reynolds is just on that close spot. And um, I think, yeah, like, he's my MVP. Except if you ask Arsenal. He is very confident in interviews. I love <laughs> yep. hearing him talk because yep. he's just like, yeah, no, we we know we're good. I love it. I love the confidence from him. Uh, Stumpy and uh, actually, Stumpy, you agreed with Reynolds. Cole, who'd you mm -hmm. pick? I went with Arsenal, actually. So it was sort of Dazarin's other yeah. pick. And I think that the reason I went with him was that. NRG were playing so well uh, in their quarterfinals and semifinals to the extent that everybody was expecting NRG to win that finals. I thought because of that, Space Station Gaming had to start off explosively. And Arsenal was the first player for SSG to really get the bit between his teeth in that final. He scored four goals in the first two games. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, two goals in the first game and two goals in the second one. And that really set the tone for SSG. And then beyond that, it's just usual Arsenal stuff, going for his bumps and his demos, uh, cutting in ahead of the NRG defense and then having the mechanical quality to actually do something with the ball, which he's won. It was a truly great performance from him. But as you guys said, just like PDS, any one of those Agreed, guys yeah. could have been mentioned. It was just two solid team performances from the EU and NA winner. It couldn't have been more perfect. So I would congratulations say to both teams. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I do think it is very telling that none of us went for Sipical. Like, I think he played yeah. very, very well. But the yeah. fact that we can identify the Rettles and Arsenal were, to me, they were better on the day than Sipical mm. was. And the fact that Rettles is new to that roster and SSG were a top four team before he even joined. And then Rettles have made them a clear top two, usually number one team. It speaks so much to him and what he got on people's radar last year during DreamHacks. And like, oh, the Peeps won. People, like the Rival Series guys were talking a lot about the Peeps and sort of saying, look, these guys are legit. Like, they have got so much to bring. And now Peeps are like top four in NA as well. It's, or top five. It's crazy the impact the Red has had on the entire meta, the space station side and how scary he can be when he is on. Because he had, I always love an aggressive player. I'm such an, I always tell teams, go more aggressive if you're not. <laughs> And he is the embodiment of that. And he's cocky. And he is saying, yeah, we're number one. And we're going to be number one for at least the next year. I just, I find that so entertaining. You it's, can say in the context yeah. of this show that Sipical is the rogue of Space Station Gaming. In this case, <laughs> in a way. All right, let's get to our top fives. Uh, we're running out of time, unfortunately. So what we're going to do is we're going to have uh, Stumpy and Daz reveal their top fives in eu and na respectively just go five to one uh mm -hmm. in its entirety and then we'll let the dais adjudicate the list and then we'll move on so starting with eu stumpy give us your top five uh, after the major has been concluded five from five to one i do think that my top five is going to be controversial because my number five spot and cole is already scowling is endpoint i Smiling. think endpoint are a very solid team and I think they have got that, those inconsistencies. They have got those really annoying tendencies that frustrate the hell out of me, where it's normally one of them trying to go for something a little bit too clever, and they just don't, they don't stick to their basics. They're always trying to do a little bit too much. This major, I think, proved that they are able to sit up with the big boys, took the series off top blokes, who I would consider, though later on in my list, they are a better team, and they still manage to keep their composure and do well. I think Endpoint have earned the spot of top five. I would also say it was very close between them and Galaxy Racer. Number four, I have got Giants. I think with Tox on that side, um, when he is not banned, lol, they are a very good <laughs> team. They're very solid. They're very consistent. I think they play a very unique style where they are almost entirely bim-bam. They just try and outspeed any opponent, and very few people can put up with that. 
Top Blokes are my number three. Uh, mainly because I absolutely adore how Archie plays and I'm such an Archie fanboy. I think his play elevates Flame and Cassio to a point where they were not able to get with Freaky, where mm-hmm. I appreciate the Veloce days are long gone. And he, I imagine they've had more games now with Archie <laughs> over the over one split than they Probably did in the, the first region. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Archie has elevated those two players to a completely new level. I think Flame is incredibly solid and his gameplay or, or his game style around to sit at the back and let Archie run loose and the fact they trust him to do that, I think that's very impressive. I would say that they rely too heavily on Archie and I think I would like to see more if Archie is having a bit of an off day, but they are my number three. Vitality, number two. French, still sick. It's K-Dop. You can't really <laughs> argue against that too much. Um they are formable champions with a better third man over Scrub Killer. And the number one, I think, pretty uncontested is mm. BDS. They are the best team in the world right now. I think if you put them up against Space Station, it doesn't even go to game seven. I really thought you were going to say Team Liquid at number one and just to throw us all off. <laughs> I think it'd be like, number one, no doubt. Team Liquid, let's go. Yeah. Uh, any any objections on this list, uh, Daz? Yes. Oh, sorry, Gondos. Or, or Cole, go <laughs> no, 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 no. Let Cole go. Let Cole go. Okay, you got some objections. Cole, go ahead, please. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. No, no, right. please do. I'll go. There is a big galaxy racer shaped objection, in my opinion. Um, I'm just looking at our list, trying to think of where I would put them in there i think unfortunately endpoint need to go giants are slipping away somewhat but i'll still put them up there top blokes i probably put below giants at the moment as i said on the pre-show so for me i would put galaxy racer just above top blokes i think top blokes down to fifth on current form that's going to change pretty quickly i'm talking on current form probably giants do i mean that Uh, galaxy racer third (laughs) basically somewhere in that top five you have to include galaxy racer the quality they showed since bringing in Arju has been a step above certainly anything we've seen from Endpoint, probably anything we've seen from Giants in a while, and also anything we've seen from Top Blokes in a long time as well. They are the third best team in the EU on current form. Whether they can stay there or not remains to be seen, but the spacing that they have around the pitch and the synergy they already have as as individuals and as a team is is great. So I think that they are the next big challenges potentially for BDS Vitality if they continue to improve. Daz. Um, Stumpy, I think your list is very cool and lit, except I don't think... <laughs> Thank Endpoint, you, Daz. That means a lot. I don't think Endpoint is top five. I think that's like the fanboy grid bias coming in. <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, no. Like, I'd rather have Galaxy Racer top five than Endpoint there. Otherwise, I like... Think, yeah, cool. I think Galaxy Racer number five, I think fair play. I wouldn't argue too much against that at all. I do just think Galaxy Racer had their pop-off day at a very, very good time. And I think their general plateau that they will find is below the level that they found. Uh, you're probably right, but it has been True. a pop off three weeks for them, at least two weeks. They, ha- they have done. Well, they have been incredibly well. The, the, yeah. The, 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 the whole conversation of how much should the grid be valued in lists mm. like this is one that mm. is ongoing. And I would love to know how that factors into Daz's list as we now go to top five NA. Do the exact same thing, Daz. Tell us from five to one. <laughs> how do you have your list? Okay. Wow, top five teams in a by me, Dazarin. Let's get into it. <laughs> Woo-woo. Okay, first team uh, we have at the number five spot is the Peeps. The Peeps are, think of Casey Pioneers, except more consistent, because that's pretty much uh, the Peeps roster. Also, they don't rely on necessarily one player to be successful. I think Casey Pioneers value a lot on beast mode, and I think that, again, I'm, I am giving you this explanation because Casey Pioneers fans are in the chat like, Dazarin, why are KCP? Oh, my God. Because the peeps, they don't sleep on them. And they have proven not to successfully over the course of the split. We're talking about top five teams right now. But over the course of this entire uh, fall split, the peeps have been, I mean, they've been there uh, every time. They may not have gotten that recognition because they haven't had that storyline. But they've pulled, they pulled off the upsets. They've been to every team in the top five. They've looked very solid. But they just haven't reached that spot where... They can perform on the day where they've needed to. You talk about these uh, grids and regionals and the majors. I value the major so harshly over every other event. This mm-hmm. is where you need to show up. And the peeps, I think they show up a little bit more than KCP that day, uh, but they didn't show up more than any of the other teams in the list. So I give them the top five spot. Now, 
Moving on to the number four spot, I have G2 Esports. G2 has been another team that's been consistent. You know, okay, they have almost been able to, you know, kind of make that number one spot. It's been a very close conversation. But G2 has been, I mean, when they're on form, they can take down, I mean, any of these squads. It's just the fact that recently they've been, it seems like they've been starting to struggle. Maybe it's the pressure of the major that got to them. Maybe, you know, a lot of eyes on them, so to speak. But for whatever reason, G2 did kind of seem to kind of slump out. So I have to give them that number four spot. They had a good series, though, against SSG mm. uh, over the past weekend. But moving on, number three, I would have Team Envy. Uh, this is actually interesting, too, because last time I did one of these when I was on the Behind the Wheel show, I had Envy over NRG, and I'm kind of switching the roles here a little bit. I, I just Honestly, it has to do with the head-to-head. Uh, you know, you go, you talk about major day, uh, turbo took a nap and, uh, <laughs> that, that, that really, really didn't do well for him when it came down, down to, uh, the matchup against NRG, they dominated in that series. And I think for both for these teams, for me, in my eyes, it's been a constant battle of, uh, which one is going to come out on top today. I mean, I've seen them play so many different times in the grid. You can ask like Jorbian stacks who casted envy grid, like, We've been in each other's Twitch chats way too many times uh, during that time period. But uh, it's always been back and forth. Envy had them last time I was on with, a, I think, a regional victory. But then NRG finally started to come back. And they looked like they were the best team in NA for a bit. But when they played against SSG, who's my mm. number one team, they looked really weird. It was definitely like a, a odd showing. I mean, people were talking, uh, like players were talking, and they were just talking about how Justin was just so dominant. I mean, even uh, Gyro on the peeps when they played Energy first round, he was just talking about Justin's mentality the whole day. He's like, I don't know, man. Justin's feeling kind of sad, but at the same time, like, Justin, when he's sad, like, he plays like the best player in the world. So, like, I don't know. Uh, but, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, like, if, if, if we win early, then, you know. And then next thing I know, I tune into the stream and it's like 8 0 on Forbidden Temple. Like, uh. but they had that good of a day leading up to play against SSG, a team that a lot of people were starting to write off. They, you know, they had the dominant opening of the split. Then they fell, uh, you know, they started losing. And it seemed like they were becoming that middle of the pack. Okay. Maybe we put them in the third or fourth category, so to speak. But they should, I mean, talk about showing up. Starting off with a sweep on KCP of the day, going the distance with G2, beating G2, and then making NRG look confused mm -hmm. and out of place on mm -hmm. the pitch. It was just such a turnaround, such a dominant win. And I think, like, that gives SSG the confidence they need with a major, quite literally, a major victory like that. Mm -hmm. I think, for me, it just puts them back into that top one category. I think agreements. Agreements. I think I'd agree with the top four. I think that order. I don't think you can really disagree with that. It's the same as they are currently in the rankings as well, mm -hmm. just as, with their points across North America. Um, I and Daz, I don't know when you were last on um, here, but I think yeah, previously I would have put Envy above NRG as well. But I think that current order is about right. The only thing I would disagree with. Uh, your list is really cool. I think it's really nice. Really well thought out. <laughs> Stop it, you two. Lit even. <laughs> but um, I would put KCP above Peeps. I think Peeps are on an upswing at the moment. I appreciate that we need to factor in the fact that that's where we are right now. And we're not thinking, okay, where will they? We're not doing a power rankings for two weeks time, for example. We're doing it for right mm. now. Right. I think though, if you put Peeps against KCP, I don't know what their um, record is like against each other right now. I've not looked at matchups. But my heart tells me that KCP would beat them every single time. I don't, I don't know if KCP are going to fall to what the peeps can offer. KCP have had a big performance and they do rely on beast mode a lot. And that's my same issue, like I said, with Top Blokes and Archie. But it's still a, it's still a way that they have managed to take the series off those top teams. So I think KCP for me... Over cool, last thoughts? Uh, I would probably veer towards what Stumpy has said, I think, just from what I've seen of both of these teams. I get the impression that KCP are a little bit faster, a little bit more dynamic than the Peeps tend to be. The Peeps also, from what I've seen, have some issues in defense when they're not quite feeling it. Uh, KCP also have the ace card, which is Beast Mode, who is just an amazing player and capable of scoring goals that very few players in the world are. So yeah, I'd probably veer towards Stumpy, but either are acceptable.
Yeah. So we're going to show you an interview that Sleegy was able to do with the recently retired Sathew. That's coming up as well as our top 10 plays of the week. Before we do that, though, we're going to say goodbye to our three esteemed guests who will no doubt be back here on Behind the Wheel at some <laughs> point in the future before we let you boys go. Uh, tell us what's coming up next for you in Rocket League and where to find you. Daz, let's start with you. Okay, well, you can find me on Twitter at idazman. I think the next thing coming up is I'll be casting Goldmine Finals this weekend. So that's coming up soon. Also, CRL this week. Watch CRL, please, unless you're calling Stumpy because it's late. (laughs) I give them that excuse. I said because it's late. (laughs) It's so late. It's like 1 (laughs) a.m. Gamer hours. True. true. (laughs) Cool. uh, um, so you can find me pretty much surgically attached to Stumpy. We come as a pair for pretty much everything, unless there's something I'm forgetting that has one of us, but not the other. Um, so we've been fairly quiet recently, actually. We've been working on a top secret project, which mm. should be coming out fairly soon. So keep your eyes peeled to Subpub NHD on Twitter and all of our social places. And that will come out when it's out. And then we'll be back to streaming on Twitch at Subpub NHD. Ah, the announcement of an announcement. Got a mm, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I've actually got a really big announcement that Cole doesn't know about. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually going to be a full-time content creator with Barrage. Yeah, that's right. I'm leaving Subpapa in HD. I'm going straight to Barrage. Cole, I've dropped you live on air. I'm so no, sorry. I had to be done. You've Wait, not dropped me. You've left. That means I have some... Okay, cool. No, I've dropped my... you. Wait, no, you're right. Can I come back? <laughs> no, I own some uh, Quickest but... turnaround in history. I don't know. There might be some negotiations at play <laughs> Exactly. Here you can come back for 20% of all. Leverage you is gone. Yeah, 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 that's right. Leverage is gone here. It's over. <laughs> yeah, we've got um very uh, our top secret project, which we've been um, uh, hiding away a little bit, which we're very, very excited to get out. It's going to be awesome. And you can find... Uh, us on Twitter at subpar but in HD, same as on like Instagram and stuff. And I am at Stumpy Goblin on Twitter. And go to my Instagram for pictures of my dog. We love the dog, as you should. That you Good know, dog. dogs, do- uh, pets, and food are the That's two most engagement is. posts on social media. Like, this is according to science. So good for you. <laughs> You're science. cashing in. It, good good literally job. Literally, everything on my Instagram <laughs> is just, it's a picture of food. And then a dog looking happy. And then a bit more food. So follow that and you'll see Oh, no. The dog ate my food. Quick. Oh, oh no. no. I'm eating the dog. It got Double weird. the engagements. <laughs> There's food and dogs. Let's oh go. My gosh. Enjoy this interview that Sleeky was able to conduct with Sathew and our top 10 plays of the week. Good vibes and acts of kindness everybody gentlemen thank you so much for joining us here on behind the wheel thank you all for watching and enjoy the rest of the show how's it going everybody sleeky here with another interview on espn esports and today i have the pleasure of sitting down with sathew former professional player for space station gaming and most recently the susquehanna sonics and first and foremost sathew thank you so much for sitting down with me today how are you doing i'm doing well man thank you so much for having me on yeah, no, thanks for being here with me. And, you know, just want to go ahead and jump straight into things here. And the, the first thing is, you know, after playing in the professional scene for the last four years, I, I know it's only been a couple of days, but what is this feeling for you now that you have announced your retirement, knowing that there's no matches in the horizon, you're not having to train for that next one, like just sort of this time that you now have to yourself? It's just a huge sense of relief, man. I mean, I'm just able to sit back and relax and just kind of enjoy just my own time for the first time in a couple of years um, because I just, I don't have to worry about that upcoming game or that tournament. And I'm just able to, you know, have some time to myself and my family and my friends around me. Yeah. I, I can imagine, especially uh, with how grueling the, the schedule of a professional player can be like, how often would you say over the past couple of years that you've been able to sort of have a vacation or any time to yourself in that sort of schedule? Honestly, while I was playing in both leagues, the RLRS and RLCS, like every summer uh, when they'd have like after like a couple months of play, we'd have like a month break. But in that new format, um, it seems like the breaks are becoming less and less. So it definitely want to become more grueling. Yeah, it definitely seems like the grind is getting turned up. I mean, not only is it does it feel like there's just a bigger concentration of games, but you, you get like you get those two weeks and then you get a little bit off, but then in the midst of yeah. that, it's the grid. It, it really is a lot. Yeah, it is. It is. 
Yeah. And, and speaking of a lot as well, you know, throughout your career, you, you've had the opportunity to be on a lot of different teams with a lot of different players. Um, and one of the things I wanted to kind of know about that from you is playing with those different teams and those different groups of people. What sort of perspective do you feel like that gave you getting to have that level of uh, mixture of people that you were playing with? You know, I really think it just offered like kind of the opportunity to see how different people work in different environments. I think it got, it really showed me like what my best environment is to work in. And uh, I think I can take that into whatever my next part of life is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I imagine it gives you a lot of different insights. It helps you sort mm -hmm. of maybe adapt better to different personalities Definitely. and play styles. Definitely. And, you know, of those teams, like, what would you say, maybe not your favorite, but which of those teams that you had the opportunity to play on did you think that you had the most fun with? Ooh, that's actually a tough one. You know, I, I definitely had fun with all my teams, obviously, for different reasons. But I would say probably Bread and SSG, uh, just because, you know, XB and I kind of came together and formed that team. And we had like the exact same goals in mind because neither of us had made RLCS. And we just were very, very much so on the same page. And so, you know, it was like two guys who were exactly on the same page and ready to work together. And we got to look for a third for like a month and a half or two months. And we eventually found Sipical. And just like personality-wise, goal-wise, play style-wise, everything clicked. So I'd say that that was probably my best experience. Yeah, I imagine especially the jubilation, you know, building that team with AXB, you yep. have the same goal and then you get picked up by Space Station Gaming. It's your chance to compete in RLCS. I, like that's something that I think is the dream for uh, not like not even current professional players, but also players, you know, looking to try and get into the scene and for you to be able to live that. I mean, that's truly just one of those experiences, I think, is just once like one in a, once in a lifetime, really. Yeah, no, definitely. That is in my mind, that is the ideal goal. Uh, in Rocket League is to have an experience like that. Yeah, and, and speaking of those experiences as well, you know, you've been in a lot of different games over the past four years, uh, the LAN environments as well, and, you know, over all of those moments, all of those games, in, in your mind, what sticks out to you as the favorite moment that you've had in your career, like, in those sorts of, like, settings, essentially? I would say it's it's going back to the Bread SSG team again and just qualifying for RLCS uh, when we beat Rogue. I think it was four to two or four to one in the promotion tournament right before season seven. I mean, it was just like I've never like experienced a moment like that in my life where I just it was just pure happiness and shock. Um, and I, I'd say that's my favorite moment for sure. Yeah, I mean, definitely a memorable one as well. It's and like you said, it's one of those moments where it is. It's like it's like one of those sports moments in a movie, really, where it's like they you finally get over that biggest hurdle yeah. and able to qualify. Uh, and, and again, I'm going to go back to essentially your tenure as a professional player. You know, you've had a lot of experience. I'm sure your ups and downs. You figured out what works, what doesn't. And to those potential, those aspiring Rocket League professionals out there, what's a piece of advice that potentially you would give them that maybe you wish you had had when you were first getting into the professional side of things? Um, I would probably say, you know, you have to you have to keep doing that individual work always. You have to be working on your mechanics all the time. You have to keep working on your ranks. You have to stay high ranked especially like in the in the modern day where i feel like a lot of things that happen ranked actually do reflect what goes on in the professional scene now um so i'd say really just surround yourself with people that you really like and have the same goals as you so winning is easier and losing's easier as well and you can get through both just fun so make sure make sure you have those that good group around you uh that you can really work with yeah, I think that I think that's actually a really excellent piece of advice. I've I've noticed around my time talking with other players, especially people in the bubble scene, and you mm -hmm. know, a lot of the times it can be that struggle with getting teammates that they gel with. Like they feel like they're at that level, but the teammates yeah. they're around are kind of not. And I think what you're saying there, making sure that you're with teammates that you first and foremost, I think, really have fun with, but also just get along with and play well together with is one of right. the most important things, yeah. yeah. And it's a difficult task, but it's it's worthwhile to make sure you 
get all those criteria filled. Yeah, I mean, everything comes with that effort. But now that that particular effort for you is behind you, you, you mentioned in your tweet longer when you announced your retirement that, you know, you wanted to look forward to the sort of long-term future that, you know, Rocket League is sort of this thing for now, but you want to check, make sure that you are set uh, in the long term. What does that look like for you? What is next for you? Yeah, so I have about like a year left uh, in my studies at uh, University of North Carolina, and I have a I'm getting my statistics degree. So there's the potential to actually return to esports if I'm not coaching or doing anything like that right now. Um, I plan to get that degree and maybe come back and see. You know, I think esports is still obviously in its infancy. I think it's got huge potential. I think Rocket League itself has amazing potential um just just to reach a bigger audience and i think there's also a lot of issues that reside in the scene behind the scenes and just in esports in general I, like everyone knows it it's it's in its state of you know just getting better and improving and i think i could come back and maybe help something uh along those lines yeah, and I seeing the reaction to your announcement of retirement as well. I think that's something that the scene itself would see. Obviously, a beloved member, especially because of how I mean, how long that you've been in the scene. It, it, it's always, uh, in one way, sad to see someone like yourself retire because you know you've been in the scene for so long. But you know, when I see something like that, it also is that sort of opportunity for things in the future. And if you're able to, you know, once you finish that statistics degree, come back and make an impact in a second way. I think that uh, really is just more of a continuation of your legacy than anything. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, no, that, it's definitely a huge possibility, and I'm, I'm looking forward to see what happens uh, when, when I'm done with that degree. Yeah, but again, thank you for sitting down with me today. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with you, no, no matter which way you end up going. Uh, obviously your career in Rocket League will always be sort of set in stone. You always have those memories to look on, on, but more memories as well in the future. Thank you so much again for sitting down with me today. And uh, I just want to say congratulations again on your retirement. I hope you enjoyed this, uh, this, I guess, less hectic time that you'll have now, though I imagine college is still its own brand of hecticness. Yeah, it definitely is. But thank you again so much for having me. I always appreciate being able to speak openly about this stuff. Yeah, no problem at all. And for everyone watching as well, if there's someone else that you would like us interview, whether it be a former player, current player, coach, manager, whatever it may be, let us know. We want to make sure that we're talking with the people that you want to listen to. But for this interview, that is going to do it. Until the next time, everybody, have a good one.